podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to week 40 of the Foot Weekly Podcast. We'll be digging into Shapeshifters content as well as plenty more on this episode and we'll be doing it not with Josh and Japes this week because they're both away, but first of all with Richard Buckley, who is, of course, very much a regular around here. He woke up commentator. It's good to have you on, Richard. Welcome. Thank you very much, as always, Ben. Team of season is over. Mm. We're getting into the summer now and uh, looking forward to chatting all things Ultimate Team. Indeed. And uh, representing the podcast community, I guess, we have Springford. Welcome back again to the podcast. It's good to have you on. Thank you. Happy to be back with a little bit of uh, European silverware from my yeah. club, West Ham United. I, I couldn't even, I, I thought I'm going to get out of the way now. I can't even wait five seconds without saying it. But yeah. <laughs> Well, like, to be fair, it, it was a while ago, but Bowen came very recently. So that's fun. Yeah. And I actually got him in the upgrade thing. So that was nice as oh, well. Did, so huh? yeah, he's yeah. Uh, in a squad that I might never, ever use, but he's at least there. So he's, he, yeah, he's yeah. in the club. Surely, could, could you manage a, a champs with West Ham players, surely, just about? Mm, part of, yeah. Because you got the Aguerd who's pretty good uh, Bowen Paqueta do a little pass and present with Lampard um, so yeah you probably could do uh, and actually the, I mean I won't go into too much the Bowen's a pretty good card if you stick a hunter on him like he'll do a job mm. so yeah had to mention yeah. it get out of the way come on you irons let's talk some FIFA <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe not the the same kind of season for our next guest. But if it had been the other way around, I think it, it probably would have been a, a good season. Uh, we have It's James. Welcome back after a little while. Why would you intro me like that? That's <laughs> such pain, actually. Uh, it's a weird one, to be fair, because it, it is a bottle, I think, but it's not as bad of a bottle as it looked. Yeah, it's a funny one where, actually, if the season had been the other way around, totally different story or narrative coming out of it and yeah it's still a very good season isn't it uh i don't know do is it still too soon richard to talk about barnsley or no comment ben no comment yeah no comment let's move on (laughs) on. um and yeah let's let's get into shapeshifters actually before we do a bit of team of the season review i guess because obviously we've had the whole of team of the season Why, why don't we come to you james first how have you found team of the season this particular year I really like Team of the Season. They've done a lot this year with more packs. I think we've had a lot more access to like 85 times 10s, 85 times 30s in like the season rewards. So mm. you've got a much higher chance this year than ever of packing a good tot. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah I think that's a good point. And uh, what about you, Springford? How have you found it? I've I've really enjoyed it. I think they've had some good ideas and then lacked some consistency with the ideas. Mm. I mean, I, I'm not a menu grinder. And I, I, like said before, I don't really see uh, that, that that's not the part that I enjoy. But when they introduced that Matoma grind for the Premier League team of the season, I thought that was a really good idea because it made it simple for people and sort of structured the grind as well. So each milestone mm. of 10 you complete, you get a good set of packs or you get uh, a, a player back. Um, and that was brilliant. And then they didn't do it again for uh, any of the other team of the seasons. It's like they had a different theme for each one, like Bundesliga, I think you unlocked like four different players through gameplay. And then uh, for the Liga, you had no actual player SBCs, but just icon SBCs of icons that used to play in that league. So I think these are all really interesting ideas, but I'm not sure if they were executed as, as consistently as they could be. Uh, the cups are interesting. Uh, I would have liked to see maybe um, 
a little bit more in champs about using a particular squad to get a certain set of rewards. Like if we have Prem the, the week before, then use your Prem squad to try and win rewards for your Bundesliga squad rewards or something. So I think, yeah. I think that would have been quite interesting to see. But it's, it's been a good promo. It's been a good promo. It's a, a good for people to get uh, access to high-level cards through rewards or through, like uh, James has said, through the amount of packs that you're able to grind out through objectives. I think that's a really tough balance, though, because I tried to do the league earn team only for the appender and the mm. member card, mm. and I literally didn't see a single <laughs> other person doing it. Like, there was no one. It was just me getting yeah. battered with my terrible league earn team. It was a nightmare. Because then, because like, that's the problem, I think, when you have league earn tots and you've got it in rewards, you just want to use your best team because you want to have the best chance of getting the Mbappe, the Neymar, the Messi. And is it really worth grinding it with a worse team to get a red appender who probably doesn't go into your team anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was, and we said at the time, a little bit strange the way they did that. If it had been the following weekend, so you'd had time to build up your league on side, that would have made more sense almost because the quality of league on players at that point just you know wasn't particularly amazing, especially if you were trying to use your players in your club or whatever, didn't have any coins to spend. Yeah, because you, you, could, you could do the cup throughout the week uh, to grind up some players for your squad mm. uh, and then open packs throughout the week and then take that squad in uh, and then finish the weekend league. Um, say you finish the Prem weekend league, you get Prem players, you've been doing the cup throughout the week, you get Prem players in that and then take that Prem squad into the following team of the season weekend league to try and get additional rewards there. But then I think it's always got to be a thing about is the juice worth the squeeze? And like James has said, you know, the appender probably wasn't. People weren't mm. interested enough in doing that and didn't have a, as good enough team to be able to do it. And I think the wins was, was it 14 wins or 13 wins to 13, get it? It was quite it was, a high, yeah. yeah. There's quite a high number for uh, a lot of players to, you know, to try and yeah. reach. So I think they probably overshot on the uh, on, on the rewards for that one. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and Richard, what about you? Any thoughts on Team of the Season now? It's all over. I think it was good, and I enjoyed Team of the Season. I just, I, I just think it was overshadowed by the errors in packs. Like mm. the only thing I saw was people flying around the country, trying flying around the continent, trying to get to different countries to get packs. Mm. Like it, it just, it sort of. I don't know, it was just strange towards the end. Like, everyone was just relying on these, like, elite packs coming out and hoping that they were wrongly worded. Like, no one actually cared, it seemed, what the SBCs was, just if the packs were incorrectly worded to get free players that yeah. people are still waiting for in compensation. It was a weird one. It, 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 it tailored off very quickly. I think League and Tots were so top-heavy, I want to say. Like, there was a lot of just meh at the bottom end that I think people, a lot of people lost interest really quickly and then Ultimate Tots just went back went by so fast yeah it did and also the rewards I mean I know I've said many times on this podcast don't play for rewards but during Team of the Season it is the pinnacle for red picks and I've just found it incredibly disappointing really I mean the value of the players that I got offered having got 14 or 16 wins every week felt way worse than in past cycles. And uh, I know I'm not the only one as well. And you kind of think, look, if someone's willing to commit that hard to team of the season, to champs, you'd expect them to at least walk away with a player who is kind of a marquee red pick. I didn't get offered an attacker over 100k in value. And I don't think I was offered another player over 500k I want to say 
And, uh, you know, maybe this will be nice because it'll make people feel a bit better if they're in a similar situation, which I'm sure many people were. And so that was somewhat demotivating. But in terms of the overall package of team of the season, I think it was really strong. It just maybe lacked that cherry on the top for me personally. Although, yes, the content was a little inconsistent at times. I think they did that to try and keep it fresh, which worked to some extent. But actually, it can feel like one particular week or a few particular weeks, you're just much less engaged in the content that's going on, whether it's the Icon SBCs because you don't have that much fodder, it's not really going to work for your team, or it's maybe the crafting stuff that you're not so into it. It, it maybe put people off in specific weeks. But then you did have the new XP system, which was really, really good. And I think overall, uh, it certainly has been a good team of the season. It felt like they kept a bit in the tank, maybe. Uh, whether it's, you know, icon team of the seasons we could have had or hero team of the seasons. And I think that's probably because they wanted to save it for post team of the season, which certainly makes sense considering what we've had with shapeshifters. And uh, that's what we're going to move on to talking about. And one thing about shapeshifters, it feels quite stark when you compare it to team of the season, which is all about performance across the season and shapeshifters is just kind of ridiculous in terms of the players you get uh, like strikes at center back center backs at striker etc etc uh james is that something that you think shouldn't really happen in foot i love it i think it's hilarious i mean i i want to use rudiger at striker i think that's really funny and I think there is an issue with... Uh, there's people who think the game isn't realistic enough in some sense, but it's just it is a video game at the end of the day. So when you have like these weird position changes where you're just playing players completely out of position, sometimes it, sometimes it works really well. Sometimes the stats, you know, actually help the player in the new position and sometimes it just feels like you're playing a centre-back at striker. Mm. But I don't mind it. It just means it's more varied and that's the thing I want to see most. I want to see more varied teams and more like freedom of expression almost in your teams. I don't want to see Mbappe every single game. It's just boring. Yeah, uh, it definitely helps with that kind of thing. Richard, what about you? Uh, do you mind this kind of, uh, I don't know, spicing it up in this way? Uh, no, I've got no issue with it whatsoever, really. I think it, it enables people to, like James said, change the team. And uh, for a lot of people have been using the same team for a very long time. Mm. Add a little bit of uh, creativity in there, get a few players in that you might not have used before. And it also gives us unbelievable players in this like late period of the year, which are just a, a joy to play with, a lot of them. Mm. Yeah. I think the fact that they can really freshen up the gameplay experience is what sells it to me. Like, I don't like the slightly unrealistic element to it, to be honest. It's not something that I have ever been a huge fan of, but actually considering when it's coming in the cycle and the fact that some of these players really are incredibly unique from a gameplay perspective and feel very different to other players I've used I think that makes it engaging and I was saying the other week in terms of what could engage me post team of the season it would be having a new gameplay experience with players that are different to the ones I've used previously and actually in fairness to shapeshifters, that's exactly what it's done. Even if, you know, it, it does feel unrealistic. But uh, yeah, I don't mind that uh, in this context, I think. Uh, Springford, what about you finally? So uh, I'm going to come in. I, I've got a slight problem with it. Not massively from the uh, modern day player perspective. Uh, I think 
Uh, and it's not a fact that you know that it's uh, it's not realistic or anything like that. I think it's good to get variety into the game in terms of the players that people are using. It gives more squad building options. My hangover on it is that if I pack, uh, I mean, a good example of it um, is, was previously um, during one of the foot birthday ones, and they made a left back Salah. And I know it's later in the game, so you could use Salah. But if I pack Salah, I want to use Salah as an attacking player. Like, because I watch football, I like watching him play. I don't want to stick him in at left back and Mm. then have him playing there. And this is where my problem comes with it from the icon perspective. And I would say that with the icons, they've kind of restrained it slightly Mm. apart from like Rijkaard's a striker. But I mean, Pele's a left wing. Zambrotta's a centre mid, which it's not too far removed. Uh, They've put Hierro at right back. But... A lot of the icons, and it, it, it comes from the problem that a lot of the icons versions are not good and are not usable in this state of the game. So, for example, like Thierry Henry, someone like that, there is a high likelihood that the best Thierry Henry card we might get is not going to be an attacking player. So, from that perspective, if you're an Arsenal fan and you really want to use Henry, yeah, you might get enjoyment from, you know, I've oh, seen him play left back or something, but I think. From my perspective, the icons, I'd rather have more up-to-date versions of those that are usable in the game, that are in their natural positions, because then it gives that sort of nostalgic feeling of watching these players play, mm. you know, or try to use them in, in the way that they used to play. Yeah, it's a good point that they seem to have been somewhat aware of that by not doing that too, mm. or not going too crazy with with the icons. Like Rijkaard, you point out, is definitely the extreme example. The rest are all kind of somewhat realistic feeling. Uh, even if, you know, I don't know, Van Persie has ridiculous strength, for example, on one of his versions, or Socrates has obviously really good defensive stats, which he doesn't typically have. But I can see why they would be a bit cautious about doing that for the reason you mentioned. And kind of hopefully that continues, I would say. Like I would be saddened basically by Omri being, I don't know, the best right back in the game, for example, when his prime is is so far behind the curve and has really never been particularly useful, I'd say. Mm. But in terms of engaging content post-team of the season, seeing as that was a question I asked the other week. James, is this the kind of thing that does get you engaged or are there other things that they could do um, which would keep you interested? I think it is. I think it's this because I think Richard made a good point where Mm. if I look at my foot champs team now, I could pack so many players from like the team of the season promos and they just wouldn't get in my team. Like I just wouldn't bother changing my team to fit around them or whatever. But if I... For, for me personally, anyway, like this Sambrotta SBC looks so good that I'd think, oh, I could, I want to play that centre mid. Then what do I need to do with my team to fit him in? Like, what do I need to move around in order to like actually play with him and try and experience this new card? Mm. I, I don't think, because like, otherwise, it's a lot of it's just straight swaps. Like, imagine if you had Salah from week one, gold card, and then another Salah comes out, you just take the Salah out, put another Salah in. It's not, yeah. you're not changing much. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And actually, you know, we're starting to talk about the players already, so maybe it is a good time to jump into and do pound for pound powerhouse, which actually is going to be a good one this week. I think there are plenty of options and uh, some really interesting players here. So uh, let's get into it. I'll go for what is actually a slightly left field one from a listener here, and that is Parky92 with shapeshifter Thorgan Hazard. He says he costs just an 82 and 85 rated squad, which is around 70k. I brought him in as a super sub for champs where he came on and grabbed a few late goals as an attacking left centre mid. Base card has great pace, solid shooting and good defending stats. And he's one of those Swiss army knife bench options. 
With his crown, he gets full chem, so managed to give him a decent run out at left back in playoffs where he was absolutely solid. As an attacking fullback, can join the attack. He contributes well in the attack. Got a few in-the-box goals with his decent shooting. Solid defensively and with 92 stamina, can last the full game on press after possession loss. So yeah, I wasn't expecting that, but yeah, he does look really good and he's really cheap. Um, so we can move into the nominations from people on the podcast and... Uh, James, as you're the least regular on the pod, you get to go first. So who would you like to take? I think free is the best value you can <laughs> get. I mean, it doesn't, it's not actually free. It does cost a lot of time and a lot of gold players. But Bamba, mm-hmm. very solid right-back card. And as well as getting him, yeah, I was going to say, you're, you have the pleasure of crafting like 100 SBCs <laughs> yeah. to then potentially get other things out. Like even worst case scenario, you're going to get a few walkouts to do some of the icon picks, hero picks or whatever. And you might get something good out of that as well. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, it's a nice departure from grinding games where it's a really competitive atmosphere and sometimes it can be very frustrating when you lose. Whereas this is, you know, nothing can go wrong. Well, I, I say that I've put a lot of expensive players into SBCs in the past uh, by accident. Mm. Not much can go wrong. I mean, you should get the value back in terms of fodder at least, you would have thought. And actually, Springford, you rattled through it, didn't you? Because you were waiting in an airport and ended up completing the entire thing while you waited. Uh, so how, how did it go? I mean, it, it wasn't anything to write home about. Um, I'm very much not a menu grinder. I don't do it usually. I don't really understand it. It's one of those things that goes in one ear and out the other in terms of what uh, SBCs I'm meant to be putting into what. Uh, but what I do is save pretty much all of my gold and common common cards unless I'm putting them into upgrades so it meant I could do around 35 I think without having to start going into any of the other upgrades to start producing them mm. I like things when they're structured in terms of like I like an objective that tells me do this and get this and then when they put out the menu grind into an objective I think it works really well uh, but I mean I think I got my shape sifter shifter was Frankowski who is actually very good uh, and then I got uh, the Europa League, uh, not Europa League, Europa Conference winners, Bowen, um, the man of the match, which obviously is nice for me, maybe not nice for anyone else. Uh, And then a little bit of high-rated fodder, but I think I I was probably just quite unlucky in in, in the actual rewards because the rewards are good for it. But yeah, I I did not get much back. Yeah, Well, it's funny. I actually did get a player back that I was using in my squad. I'll be nominating him for pound for pound in a second, so I won't spoil it now just in case someone nabs him. But he's a... I think going to revolutionise the centre-back position uh, as we know it in the game at the moment and maybe improve gameplay overall, which is a big claim. But anyway, uh, Springford, you go ahead and give us your pound-for-pound nomination. Okay, so I'm going to go for someone that I've brought into my team because he looks incredible. Uh, I'm going for the right-back shapeshifter icon, Hierro. Mm. He is basically a better uh, Carlos Alberto for 40k. Um, I mean, I, I bought him at eighty, so I've lost I've lost coins on him. But I would have paid like double that for him, really, if not more. Uh, he gets max pace with a shadow. Uh, he's six foot uh, two, uh, high high work rate. So I use him as my stay back right back in my in in, in my formation. But he's got ninety four dribbling, which is kind of crazy on a six foot two player. Like ninety one agility, 90, 99 balance, high nineties reaction, low nineties reaction and composure. Uh, passing's really good as well, so he can pass out of defence. He gives uh, icon links to uh, Sergio Busquets as well, who's a really good um, midfielder. 
so I think for 40k, you can't get much better as a, as, as a stay back right back. Yeah, I think that's a good nomination. I've used him quite a bit now, actually, because I packed him and um, yeah, he's extremely solid. Like, I actually was looking at my club and I don't think I have a better untradeable right back, which says a lot, uh, considering the number of fullbacks I seem to have gained over team of the season. And uh, his technical stats are, are really, really, really good uh, for anyone who hasn't looked at them. Right. Who are you going to go for, Richard? Uh, there's, there's a couple of players still, I think, that deserve a mention. It's going to be a little bit more expensive, but for the value of player that you are getting, he is the ultimate endgame centre mid. I'm going for Socrates, the uh, shapeshifter icon. Mm. 700k. He is arguably two maybe midfielders better than him on the game. Rude Hullets. Team of the year and team of the year Jude Bellingham, uh, team of the season Jude Bellingham, and then he fits nicely in third. A, a lot of pro players, Socrates straight in the team. He he is just unbelievable. I've used him myself. He feels incredible on the ball. He can defend. He's tall. He's physical. He's got pace. He, he really is just the ultimate centre mid. And I don't know if his pack weight has been like really messed up or. Yeah, I didn't expect him to be as good as he is because it blows my mind that he's like 700,000 coins yeah. for a player that is should be like 2 mil. Just a, a remarkable, remarkable player that's been released. He's the highlight of uh, Shapeshifters Team 1, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, is he actually maybe even better than Hullet? Like, I was looking at the stats and was thinking, I'm pretty sure Socrates has him beaten on everything but shooting, maybe? I think Hullet... He, I don't know. Holich feels different. Feel different, yeah. Like, yeah. But he is in that category. I was watching uh, Stokes. A lot of people were asking Stokes his opinion on him, and he said he is the the top three. You can have him in any order, but he is now competition for those two, mm. Bellingham and Holich. Which I think he's a, sort of a bigger. Like, it, it speaks more than I can say when people are saying, yeah. Throughout all of team of the season, this player is better than everything else that got released in that midfield position. Yeah. Just incredible, really. Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying, you know, maybe he's better, maybe he's not. But the point is there's like what, seven million seven million coins different and he's in the conversation. <laughs> like yeah. that's crazy. Um so yeah, a, a great mention there. And the player I was gonna say, uh, I mean there's a couple definitely that could still be mentioned here, but um Becker is just kind of stupid. Like I, I'm not really sure. Well, I can see why they released him. Obviously, you know, they want to put good players out there for people to use, but I'm surprised they made him kind of so readily packable because if you put a shadow on him, he has, well, max pace. I mean, it's it's 98 acceleration, 99 sprint speed, and he's lengthy by default, which makes him the fastest lengthy centre-back in the game. Um, he's got 95 strength, 91 aggression. He's got maxed out defensive stats, apart from 97 defensive awareness. He's got 94 jumping, 91 stamina, 90 reactions. Uh, his dribbling stats aren't amazing, but they're good enough. He's got 85 composure. Passing, not fantastic. 83 short passing. Maybe you want a bit higher at this point, but he's got high defensive work rates, medium attacking. I used him throughout champs and he was just a god like honestly I'm so glad he's been released because finally you can keep pace with all those annoying lengthy attackers like it was really funny just seeing people wondering what had happened as Becker caught Kane it was probably the first time that had someone match Kane for pace uh, ever because yeah there's just literally no lengthy centre-backs as 
fast as him on the game. So for 70k, it is ridiculous because you can also just get him on full chem. Like he's one of the shapeshifter hero style cards, which has the three chem points and obviously gives an extra chem point to Bundesliga players, which is nice. And uh, it's nice to see them do that. Actually, uh, I thought that was worth a, a mention because someone like Becker, I mean, he's already super cheap, maybe even cheaper if he was uh, uh, unable to get chemistry apart from from Surinamese and uh, Bundesliga players in Union Berlin, um, which is a little tricky. So yeah, great to see them doing that. And uh, he's just, yeah, just stupidly good. Is there anyone else, anyone wants to mention that they've like used or uh, feel is worthy of a shout out that you know, doesn't necessarily have to be pound for pound nominated? I am. Um, I think that Frankowski is really good, and this isn't me coping because I got him from my shapeshifters pack. <laughs> um, he comes out at like a base. I mean, I know that like the base ratings aren't. You know, you don't look him too much, but he, I think he's like a ninety-five right winger, and he, he doesn't have a bad stat on him. Like the, the only bad, the, the only downside about him maybe is he's defending. But you put a powerhouse on him, he could easily run that midfield. Mm. He has the extra chemistry link. Uh, it doesn't do too, it doesn't do as much as I thought it would, like the premium footies like last year, but I know it's not footies, but he, he has a bit of extra chemistry about him. He links into Medina, who I haven't used, but I've heard he's very, very good, and then gives some extra League, league One chemistry. Uh, mm. he, he's been brilliant for me. I'm going to try and work a way to actually get him in uh, full time. He can play pretty much anywhere. Yeah, it's funny when I saw him, I was like, oh, that's nice. You know, the, the Lewandowski Medina connector, essentially, isn't he? Because he's Polish and also plays for Lens, mm. but he also gets full cam anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah. I've got one more as well. Oh yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, for anyone who's uh, adopted the five-back, Eric, Eric Baye, CDM, into centre-back, unbelievable. Mm. Just, I think with an anchor, he's a 98 centre-back when I was having a little look at him. Just remarkable, remarkable player. And um, yeah, I wouldn't use him too far going forward. I think CDM's probably his, his furthest forward to put him but as a as a third centre back he is remarkable mm. and another player I was going to mention I'm not sure I'd say he's pound for pound powerhouse worthy because he's quite expensive but Upamecano is is quite a lot of fun like, I wouldn't say he's like super effective just because his build makes him not amazing on the ball but when you put a Guardian I think it is on him it boosts his defensive stats by quite a lot including plus 8 defensive awareness which gets it to 80 his stand tackle goes up to 93 uh, and his dribbling stats get improved quite a bit as well and he's actually a very viable kind of box to box centre mid at that point um, which is kind of ridiculous considering the rest of his stats for that position because he's got 97 short passing and 99 strength 95 aggression and 99 jumping near maxed out dribbling stats basically apart from 88 agility uh, really good shooting too so he's someone that I think, you know, if if you need him for chemistry or you want to have a bit of fun with a really big five-star skiller, uh, he's someone that I think is worth completing, but not amazing value, you know. Uh, so he's good. Any Anyone from you, James, finally? I don't know if you've used anyone. No, I mean, I was going to mention the Upper Meccano as well, actually, because I have used him. He does feel a bit big. Yeah. Um, he's not like the agile cam that you want for the five-star skiller, but he is very strong uh, to compensate for that. So he's... I think I've been playing him uh, as a wide cam in the 4-2-3-1. Uh, and when he goes down the wing, it's very hard for people to get the ball off him again because he just pushes them off. Yeah, he's someone that I've seen people playing at wing back because in a 3-5 and five at the back, you don't necessarily need 
the super high defensive stats and he's a really strong runner. He's got the five-star skills. His distribution is really good. Uh, so I think that actually kind of makes sense. And it's nice to have a player who can move from center mid to wing back for uh, kind of flexibility reasons, I guess, uh, if you're changing formations. Just in terms of the other players we've had, there are plenty of good value options as we've been talking about. But there are also some extremely expensive ones like Van Dyke. Uh, who's like 5 million. You've also got Mares, who's like 2 million coins. And uh, Bruno Fernandes is a few million too. Uh, but the likes of Depay look uh, actually reasonable. I mean, they're like 400, 500k Depay and Rudiger, but both look kind of outstanding actually in their own right. I mean, Rudiger, probably one of the best strikers we've had this cycle, you could say, if you're interested did in the five-star weak foot rather than the five-star skills because he's five-star weak foot, four-star skills. He's lengthy, basically looks like a better Harry Kane. Depay may be one of the better five-star skill box-to-box midfielders. It is interesting, and it kind of got me thinking, James is someone who I know played champs throughout the team of the season. Is there a danger maybe with shapeshifters that sort of devalues uh, the grind you've been going through over the last couple of months or maybe even the cycle? I think it's kind of it's it's tricky because I it is yes, but I think it's a perpetual problem with constant promos because if you release a new promo and it's not as good or better than the previous promo, then no one cares, right? So it's a tough medium between making things new and exciting and not devaluing the day of work you just did for yeah, I'm kind of caught in two minds about this because on the one hand it is a big jump in the power curve relative to the price of a lot of these players. But on the other hand, that's sort of what you need, I suppose, to keep people playing at this point is to offer people things that they can obtain relatively straightforwardly. Otherwise, you know, they're probably going to drift off because uh, they've done enough grinding over the course of the cycle and maybe there are new players joining and you need to be able to catch them up because every opponent they play will probably have a ridiculously good team so I guess there's lots of things to consider interested to know what listeners think of that though and uh, you know what they'd like to see post team of the season which we'll talk a bit about next and also uh, we'll be speaking about chemistry Uh, we'll do that after this slightly late break hello listeners Uh, allow me a little bit of a ramble here because we're heading towards what is uh, FIFA's end game I mean not just the end game for FIFA 23, but FIFA entirely. So if you have any thoughts on potentially different topics we could cover over the summer, especially because it's the end of FIFA as we know it, then you know please do send in any questions you might have, any topics you want covering, maybe ideas for guests you would like to come on the podcast for a discussion too. Uh, always definitely open to any suggestions listeners might have, and you can send those in uh, via all the usual ways, footweekly at mail.com and at footweeklypodcast on Twitter. Uh, at Foot Weekly Ben is my Twitter, and uh, you can do the little Q and A thing on Spotify, uh, comment on YouTube, uh, really any way that's easiest for you to get in touch with any topics, any guests, anything along those lines. And uh, look forward to seeing those. And if you would like more Foot Weekly content, including past Foot Weekly content, we've got some specials from previous summers which are still very much relevant that connection episode uh, went down really well people have improved their gameplay experience massively because of that so do check those out and you can go to uh, support for weekly just search that uh, in google and it'll take you to patreon where you can sign up for just three pounds a month Uh, you'll be supporting the podcast keeping it going and uh, if you do consider doing that then uh, that is greatly appreciated and uh, let's jump in to the rest of this podcast Hello, welcome back, and uh, we'll talk actually again about Team of the Season 
and rewards more specifically because we now know that the uh, changes have happened to champs that we normally get after team of the season which changes the schedule back to before team of the season so it no longer spills into early the following week I'm not sure why they change it back. It feels quite odd. I mean, switching the scheduling so that the whole thing happens a bit earlier again, I could see why they do that, but actually reducing the number of hours, it always seems a bit strange to me uh, and a bit backwards uh, that they do that for the final few months when presumably people are less likely to be engaged. I don't know, maybe there's some matchmaking reason because they're trying to concentrate matches within the window of champs, which I guess is the reason it's a, a weekend league in the first place. But uh, the other thing is that the rewards have changed and uh, they've gone to EFIG, so England, Spain, France, Germany, major five leagues, oh, and Italy, of course, major five leagues. And they're 91 plus, which doesn't rule out that many uh, bad team of the season players, to be honest. And uh, I guess it's something, Richard. I, I don't know. I know you're a committed champs player. What you make of that? Well, this last weekend, I actually completely sacked off like my aspiration of getting a good reward mm. and did the Liga Nos and Serie A objective. So uh-huh. I sort of did it. I looked at it and thought, I get 20 85 plus players guaranteed mm. if I win four games with Liga Nos, four games with Serie A. And I managed to get, I think I got 13 wins in the end. My Liga Nos team was awful. <laughs> so I, I got ranked five plus all the objective packs from that side of it as well. Right, yeah. So it's sort of like, I don't mind, like now the aspiration for getting like good rewards is sort of died a little bit. I would happily sacrifice a chunk of champs rewards to do additional objectives in champs, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually didn't mind like playing with the League of Nos players I never used before, Taremi, bit of a unit up top. I had his team of the season back in the cupboards of the club. He got pulled out for a few games, like... Made it different. It was enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. So that you actually enjoyed the kind of challenge of playing with a different yeah, team. I didn't mind and, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see them do that too. Actually, I think that kind of integration, you know, at this point in cycle, as you say, is quite good, especially with the. Maybe that's the advantage of the rewards not looking appealing necessarily. I mean, they're still good. Obviously, like you're still going to get some good quality players in there uh, if you, you know, do it each week to like eleven wins or nine wins, or whatever. They're still going to be kind of ticking over with decent tots players coming out, but. I guess there's more incentive to go off and try some of these objectives if they continue to do them. So yeah, it's a good shout. Quite like to see them in playoffs as well, actually. I think adding some more spice to playoffs at this point is quite good for us players who kind of, you know, will get a decent number of wins in there anyway. Uh, I think that can be good. Um, And kind of on this topic, actually, James, yourself, uh, I guess you're going to be continuing to stay engaged with foot. So uh, are there particular things that you'd like to see? Anything that tends to keep you involved at this point in the cycle? I'm ashamed to admit I attempted to do what Richard did and didn't realise you needed a full squad and not just a starting 11. Oh, no. <laughs> so I wasted a bunch of games. Oh, you didn't check whether it was counting? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I think I played two games. I think I played four games, one, two, lost it. And I checked and went, oh, I've done zero. Oh, and I went, no. do you know what? I put the pad down and thought, that's me for the week. <laughs> and I'm going to take a break and go outside. <laughs> well, if they do do them in future and you don't cock up, would you consider continuing to do that? It is tough because I the gap between my main team and those kind of teams and I'm not as good of a player as Richard so it's not it's not as easy for me to like mm. guarantee to do it so I might end up sacrificing like 11 or 9 wins and then end up getting like 4 or 5 if I'm really using a bad team to play yeah. so it's a really tricky thing 
of whether I just use my good team, make sure I get 11, but then I'm getting like 91 plus e-figs. But I, I would definitely... I'd definitely be on the side of more packs. I love opening packs. It's like one of my vices of this game. Mm -hmm. The more packs, the better. It's why I really love like just the swaps that have been going throughout the year. I think it's been fantastic. And I hope they do it more next year as well. Like just objective grinds, SBCs, and all the stuff to get tokens to open more packs. It's just great. Yeah. And do you like the new system for swaps through the you know season objectives and XP? Yeah, I don't mind it. I think... I think I was glad they released this big batch of like, oh, you get a thousand XP for each one. Because I was a bit daunting to look at like level 40 and I'm so far away and I don't know, like I can't get any more XP mm. like because I'd finish all the current objectives. But they've released loads now and so yeah, it's great. And the rewards, like they've updated, I think the season rewards really well in that they give you the option instead of just being storyline players, it's would you like a pack or would you like Tiago Silva, for example? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And the final thing I was going to ask you, James, while you're here is about chemistry, because obviously you're involved in chemistry-related content creation, I guess, to some extent. I mean, yes. you've uh, been a regular on Squad Builder Showdown, which, if people don't know, is uh, AJ3 or Andy's series that he does, which revolved around, really, the chemistry system as existed previously. Uh, I'm sure we'll get him on at some point over the summer, and he'll probably talk about this himself. But it is interesting, the change to chemistry for his series particularly. It's changed how it works. Um, but actually, just kind of more generally, as well as from a content perspective, uh, what are your thoughts on the chemistry system and this cycle? I thought it was confusing at first, but it's, you know, as all new things are, you kind of just got to get used to it. I prefer it to the old one mm. in the sense that it makes your team more flexible. Because previously, I mean, not last year necessarily, but like Furlan Mendy Varane was just a thing everyone saw every weekend because not only were they really good players, they got chem and if you didn't have those two next to each other, it'd be really hard to get chem um, or, or more difficult, maybe not that hard, to get chem for those two players and have an as good defense. Whereas now you can play Furlan Mendy and then play Benzema up top if you've got a team of the year Benzema and then they'll both be almost on full chem. I think it has still got some balancing issues, particularly with the icons. Like this year, I think is the first year where the heroes have just been significantly better than icons mm. just because they give you chemistry and icons, it's really hard. Like... Eto, Dalglish, you know, icons historically have been really highly sought after, really good value, have just sort of fallen off because unless you have a full chem team other than them, they're not really contributing mm. anything to your club anymore. Yeah, whenever this has come up on the podcast, that's been something that's just unanimously agreed. I'm not even sure how icon chemistry as it is even made it into FIFA 23, right? It's just kind of mad when you think about it that they are so useless i mean they give less contribution than a normal player <laughs> right it's two for nation uh, that icons give and a regular player gives one for club one for nation one for the league so it is bizarre but actually from a uh, promotion perspective if you like i'm surprised we didn't see promo icons like shapeshifters given different chemistry considering they're able to do this seemingly for random players like the uh, Becker, for example, could have done that for shapeshifter icons, surely. And we haven't seen it. And I do think that's one of the great things about this system is that they can just tweak the numbers very granularly if they want to, to make players uh, more uh, useful for chemistry and, and switch things up. You know, they could have a player give five randomly uh, to Nation or 
league or something. So uh, there is potential there. Um, Springford, what about you? Are you wishing that the old system returns or...? Definitely not wishing that the old system still existed. I mean, there are obviously moments where you look at your squad and you're like, well, my left back and my... Because uh, I've, I've got a red Liao and a red Theo Hernandez. So that would be a link there, done and dusted. But now I've got to put in like extra players. And I think it's it's definitely an improvement. I just think they need to iron out some of the creases. Like James said about the icon chemistry, it needs to be giving more... Um, to players because uh, you, you can have two Brazilian icons I think and still not have enough to get a Brazilian player on full chem um, and then uh, it, I, I don't like how it scales up I don't really see why it does that in terms of like I think you, I, I can't remember the specifics but uh, the first rank might take two players from a certain nation to uh, give chemistry and the next rank gives three it makes it harder the more players you, you want to put in to do it but um, yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's an improvement. They just need to iron out some of these creases because I think the problem was when it was introduced, people said, oh, it won't matter towards the end of the game because players will be so boosted. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter about trying to get full chemistry on them. Mm. But we still haven't quite reached that part. Like maybe for like the really high level players, you don't want them on full chemistry, but there's always going to be a competitive advantage to getting the players on chemistry. So that's what you're going to be looking for. Um, so I think they need to, yeah, just just make the links slightly less taxing and less easy. I think I can get four Milan players into a squad and only just get full chem on them, which just doesn't seem right. So I, I think they just need to work up, work on that aspect of it. Yeah, two really good points raised there, actually. I was thinking the way that it changes and increases and steps up feels quite harsh, uh, as you say, you know, going from two to three, but also the fact that actually league is three and then two. And I think that's a little confusing. I'd like it either all to step up in the same way, or it's just, you know, a flat number of players required for each chem point, no matter how many chem points uh, you're looking at. And I, I think there are some simplifying changes they could make because while it is definitely simpler than before when Chris was on the podcast you know he started foot for the first time having played it a long long time ago very briefly he was quite clear that the new chemistry system is much more straightforward but I think they could probably go further um, and also your point about chemistry still being important even now uh, despite the fact that people said you know you'd play players off chem and all this sort of stuff chemistry it's just too much of a boost and I think I was saying this at the time before the cycle started and we knew about the chemistry system that actually chemistry was probably going to remain really quite important considering how big that boost you get from chemistry actually is. Um, but as always, really keen to hear any listener thoughts on this topic because we'll definitely give it a more thorough going over at some point in the summer. So uh, keep an ear out for that and do get in touch with any thoughts on it. And also keep an ear out for this week's gameplay episode, which is the supporter exclusive podcast. I've got a new tactic, which is honestly uh, the most fun I've had with a tactic in FIFA 23. And it's actually really quite effective too. And isn't a tactic or a formation I've seen many people, if any, use actually so uh, looking forward to talking about that on the gameplay podcast supporter episode if you're a supporter you can check it out on the supporter feed if you're not yet a supporter and would like to support the pod get an extra podcast every single week including that gameplay podcast uh, then you can just head over to the patron 
Just search support for weekly in Google and you'll find it, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast. Uh, but it's time now to say our goodbyes. So James, it's been great to have you back on the pod. Where can people find you? Pleasure as always. Uh, I am on YouTube as It's James. Great. And uh, James will be on the Gameplay Pod and so will Springford sharing a tactic he got 18 wins and champs with. Uh, but for now, thank you very much for coming on the Content Pod. No, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Nice. And we have also had Richard Buckley as always. Yeah, a pleasure to have you on the pod. Thank you very much. You can find me on all social media at rbuckley98. Good stuff. A reminder, you can subscribe via all the different podcast platforms but also if you're on youtube currently then definitely do subscribe to foot weekly on youtube because we're closing in on a thousand subscribers which we're aiming to hit hopefully before eafc 24 considering the podcast has only been being uploaded to youtube frequently this cycle and it's great to see and thank you if you've been catching the podcast on youtube and don't forget to leave a like drop a comment of course it really does help out and the other thing that does help out is the Foot Weekly patron. Uh, the support from supporters really is invaluable and keeps Foot Weekly going. So a big thank you to all of you, including those icon patrons. Dave B, Hugh J, Coach Vass, DJ FIFA player, Alan G, Alistair, Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Stephen F, Tom B, Damon H, David S, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Neil P, Adam G, Dan W, Waterman, N Hagman, Harry A, Jake G, Roger D, Springford, Elec, Bracco, Nishant, Harry P, Alex M, Lee A, Brendan W, Andrew C, Joe W, Timothy J, Dylan, JKL, Ibis24, Adam R, Sam K, Graham W, Andy, Ads H2K, and Brian V. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add though. FIFA's a bit like life really, it has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.